Hey there, it's Meike here. So before we jump into today's very important conversation, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my Ultimate Podcast Guesting Workshop Series. So if you're someone who wants to learn how you can send fewer pitches and yet still manage to guest on more beautifully aligned podcasts to grow your business and build some pretty amazing relationships along the way, this workshop series is for you. This is an on-demand workshop, meaning that so long as it's in existence, you can access it 24-7, 365 days out of the year. So if you are interested in learning more about that, head on over to the link in my show notes. You'll go see, you will see it in like bold capital letters that, you know, this episode is sponsored by my ultimate podcast guesting workshop series or UPG for short. And you'll find some more information there and you'll also get instant access if you decide to join us. So thank you so much. And now back to the show. Hello, my lovelies. This is May Kay Sang, your podcast guesting strategist and mentor cat lover and the proud host of the quiet rebels podcast this is the place for experts on the rise who are finally ready to stop playing small and to start showing up as the leader they've always been and contrary to what you might think you don't have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard you've always been the type to see things differently and you've always chosen another pathway if the one laid out in front of you just doesn't align with your way of life. You're not alone in this. So to help you on your journey, I'm bringing conscious conversations to the table with myself and guest experts who will help you with the inner work that needs to be done in order to make a positive impact on the world with what you do. I see you. And now it's time to hear you, my friend. So please welcome to The Quiet Rebellion. Hello, my wonderful Quiet Rebels. I'm ridiculously excited for my amazing conversation today with my dear friend, Deepshika Sairam. And the reason why is because we actually have something very important in common. And that's what we're really going to go into today. Not just our commonalities, but the fact that we really look to our human design to help us to guide our business. Now, if you're new to human design, don't worry, we're going to go through like, you know, the base summary of all of the types, how you can find that out. But what's really interesting about Deep Shika is um, not only does she know her human design, she's the only person I know who is a business mentor that actually helps her clients honor their human designs to help them guide their businesses in a way that is completely aligned with who they are and how they naturally flow. And so, oh my gosh, there's just so much goodness. And I don't want to wait any longer for her to actually reveal her voice to you. So Deep Shika, please speak. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me, Meikei. I am so thrilled and excited to be here. And thank you for that wonderful introduction. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, as I said to you in the green room, I'm not a formal bio reader. So for yeah. all of our wonderful Quiet Rebels who have yet to like, just like enter your sphere of influence in the online space, um, how did you really get into this and what's mm. your story and how did you become a biz mentor who actually honors the human design and mm-hmm. you know help to spread that further mm, okay how much time do we have <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's absolute potential for part two don't worry I <laughs> <laughs> love that okay so let me let me break it down um, you know as quickly as I can so Meke I um, I was a stay-at-home mom um, I moved to the United States about 
13, 13 years ago now. And um, I moved here because of my husband's job. So I was working um, with Bank of America in India. That's where I'm from. And um, I had this longing inside of me to do something different. So I wanted to be a writer. So I quit my job and I started writing a book. And um, as fate would have it, have it um, my husband was asked to move to the United States temporarily. And I was like, you know what? I am not doing anything right now. This can be a good vacation. This could be like, you know, uh, a, I can go there. I can write my book. It'll be new surroundings. So I came with him here and it just kept his projects just kept extending till his company asked him to stay here. And by the time that happened, it had already been a year, year and a half, and I was pregnant with my first one. So not only had I quit my job um, and I was not working when I was here, we also decided that I would be a stay-at-home mom because my husband was in a traveling job. So we decided that at least one person maybe should be there to look after <laughs> the baby. <laughs> it was a decision that we made, and I, I was thrilled to be a mom. And, you know, four to five years just passed by, and uh, not only did I not write my book, <laughs> but um, I was a full-time stay-at-home mom and that longing started speaking to me again. You know, I call it the whispers of your soul, those yearnings that you're made for something more. There's mm -hmm. more to your life. And I always say this, that the moment when it happened, Mekay, was I was on the playground with my kids and all my, um, my older sons, his friends were around me and my older one's name is Ikshan. So they were like, Ikshan's mom, Ikshan's mom, Ikshan's mom. And for a second, I was like, you know what? I don't want to be called as Ikshan mom only. I have a name mm -hmm. and I named myself. I want to have my own identity. So it was, it was like an aha moment for me where I, where I loved being a mom, but I didn't want to be just a mom. Mm. or just a wife or just a daughter or just a friend I wanted mm. to do something for myself so that's how I started down the business path I started with social media marketing which turned into Instagram marketing um, very very early on within just like the first three months of starting my business I realized that this is not it there is something more and when I got into the space I really loved working with women especially mm. and one of my things was I had seen my mom I had seen all the women in my mom's side on my mom's side, um, they were super talented. Like my mom was such a great artist, Mickey. She was a writer. She used to make amazing food. She was, she wanted to be an architect. She was multi-talented, but she had to take up a job to feed the family. And all throughout her life, I call it the proverbial, you know, wheel of duties, right? She was mm -hmm. on it and she, it was just kept churning and churning and churning. And for me, like, in a pure Daenerys Stoneborn, aka Khaleesi style. I didn't want to just be another spoke on that wheel. I wanted to break the wheel. Mm. And I wanted to show it how to do it with women. And, you know, coaching space and mentoring space really, really attracted me. Like something inside me said that I want to be the person who mentors these women, who activate these women. Little did I know by then that <laughs> I, that's how, what I was meant for. That's my human design to activate people, to, you know, be a trailblazer. So it really pulled me in that direction. And um, I realized that I was uh, being mentored by coaches who would ask us to do something and I would take it and I would run with it. You know, mm -hmm. I would initiate, but there were other people in the group who were struggling with it, who couldn't take, for example, outreach. You know, my coach would say, go outreach to like 20 people. I'm like, yes, got it. I did outreach, made my $20,000 in month one. 
but the other people were struggling with it and I couldn't understand what is what was the you know the gap over there mm. and then I was introduced to human design and as I understood it better I realized which has been my biggest learning in the business industry that we are not cookies right <laughs> <laughs> All of us are so different. We are unique. And that's when when I realized that, oh my God, my human design is actually my GPS. It tells me exactly mm. how I should live my life, how I should run my business, how I should be with other people, how I should exchange energy. And it also made me understand that why there would be five people in a program and all of them would get different results because mm. the advice, the coaching advice that was being given to them was so cookie cutter. Mm. So that's where I... I learned about it and I started, um, you know, applying it to my clients because I wanted them to excel. And I started, um, you know, really giving them a custom curated advice based on who they were, on what their human design was. Mm -hmm. And over it's, of course, it's taken me a couple of years to understand in human design. It's called a human design experiment. You can never learn exactly, you know, everything about human design. And over the last couple of years, I have realized that, Whatever you do in your life, especially business, since most of your business on uh, your listeners must be entrepreneurs, we need to create our businesses not on the blueprint of others. We need to create it on the blueprint of us. Yes. So rather than being an expert in copywriting, coaching, marketing, whatever, be an expert on yourself first. Mm-hmm. Know yourself first. It's almost like when you know yourself, then you can keep an overlay of your business on top of it. And that matches. And why I love human design is that it makes your business, your life so much easier than everything's moves fast. Everything is easy. And yeah, it sounds a little bit, really, is that even possible? Is that even real? But yes, it almost feels like magic. Mm. Oh my God. There's so many good things that the thing that pop out to me is the, um, being called um Ikshan's mom versus yeah. being called Deepshika, first of all. Mm-hmm. Second part was like, who you like, you know, cookie cutters. We're not cookies. And mm-hmm. I think to myself, like, I don't actually use cookie cutters, with the exception of gingerbread people. <laughs> like around, <laughs> around the holiday season. That's the only time I use cookie cutters. Cause I make cookies quite a lot because like mm-hmm. I'm actually I used to be I, I wanted to be a pastry chef when um when I was younger. But anyway, my baked goods are reserved for families and friends now. <laughs> um, and also I really, really, really want to just like confirm everything I say from my own personal experience because yeah. we're we're the both uh, we're both manifestors in our human yes. design. So mm-hmm. everything you're saying, I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, oh, there's so much goodness here. And um I, I have no doubt there will be a part two when you come back. So that's why I'm okay with letting some of those details just kind of brew in the back of our minds of our listeners right now and for it to flourish in a second interview. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. And I want to say um, once this all this COVID thing is over, I'm coming to London and you're making me cookies. Yeah. Oh, girl, <laughs> like, come over. I'll make you an afternoon tea, everything from scratch. Okay. Oh. And like I've, I'm, I'm literally like <laughs> thinking of my my dream home my kitchen's gonna be freaking amazing with a precision steam one to like help me steam um like I use oat milk um oat milk yeah. lattes whether it's matcha hojicha earl grey tea or just a normal coffee latte yeah you'll be good <laughs> love that I'm there I'm there okay okay <laughs> amazing all right so until that beautiful moment when we do get to meet IRL 
I would love, uh, because we talked about human design a bit here and there, but for anybody who's listening who hasn't heard of human design before mm-hmm. or they have yet to learn how it applies to them, could you give us a quick rundown of each of the types and mm-hmm. um, just like very, very simple characteristics? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yes, let's do that. Let me just back it up a little bit and just give an introduction to what human design is in case yes. anybody here is totally new and they're like, what the hell is this? So <laughs> any. The easiest way to explain it is human design is knowing who you are at the core. So everything in this world is energy, right? Right now, like there's so many things, beautiful things around you, make it everything has an energetic pattern to it. And we are energetic human beings. Our human designs tell our human design tells us how to exchange our energy in a way that will be beneficial to all the people. So, you know, if I were to go from I, I live in New Jersey, if I were to go from New Jersey to New York City to a restaurant and I put it on Google Maps, human design tells me what the path for me to reach my destination Now, if I don't follow that path, what's going to happen is that I might be delayed. There might be roadblocks. um, You know, there might be like it will take me more time. I'll get frustrated. Right. So when you don't follow that path, it's almost like there is an energetic butting of, you know, two different kind of energy. So energetically, human design tells us it's the signs of your aura. That's what it is. It tells you how to exchange energies with people. There are five human designs, um, and I'm going to talk them one by one. So the first one is a manifester, which you and I are. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and we're pretty rare, Mekay. So we are only about 8% in the world. And Maya Angelou was a, a manifester. Frida Kahlo was a manifester. And manifestors essentially are here to initiate things in the world. They are the trailblazer. They are the cause. Everything is the effect. They are the one who flick the dominoes, and everybody, you know, just false as a domino it doesn't mean that they're here to like rule or uh, you know have like have a power over people they are just the only people who can initiate so what how it works for them is they are directly connected with the source so when i go through all the human design it'll get a little bit easier but they are the only human design who don't have to rely on anything external they don't have to rely on any science outside in order to initiate so they are straight away connected with the source or with whatever you call it the universe the god whatever you want to call it and they get a hit they get an idea they get an intuitive hit and their job is to initiate and inform the people around them. When they inform the people around them, they line up their energy, their aura with other people. And it's easier for other people to follow their cause. Right. So in the olden times, all the kings and the rulers, anybody who started a revolution was a manifester. So manifestors are here to trailblaze. Now, because they are, I mean, think about it, people who start revolutions, they are the one who are activating people. They are the one who are initiating and everybody is getting, yeah, yes, I'm going to join this revolution and I'm going to follow this cause. They don't have a huge creative burst to follow through on their ideas. (laughs) They need a lot of rest. 
So usually it works like this with a manifester that they will have an idea, they will, you know, work on a project and soon their energy will drop down and then they need to rest. Now, why do they need to rest? Because I think about it, like if you don't take rest, if you don't slow down, then you are not making yourself available to listen to the hits of the universe. Mm -hmm. And their only job is to get hits from the universe, initiate and everybody else does that it's a beautiful uh, you know symbiosis of life actually because everybody has a role all the human designs have a role a manifester is supposed to initiate and everybody needs to take that and carry it forward so that's why uh, you will see manifestors who get very tired and they need a lot of naps they're also called very lazy maybe sometimes you know oh uh, my whole childhood <laughs> yeah so they're called lazy. Um, they, they also become very big people pleasers because they are supposed to initiate, right? They're supposed to be the leader. So even as a child, when they're born, they're supposed to be the leaders of the family. And most parents uh, would see this child with such a little body with a huge aura and energetically, they're like, there's no way this kid can initiate this is not like they're not saying this this is all energy this is an exchange of energy so because human uh, manifestors are just eight percent and you'll see that generators and mgs manifesting generators are the most of the population uh, a lot of child manifestors aren't allowed to initiate Mm -hmm. so if you are if you want to let's say today do dance they'd be like you just you just wanted to do painting yesterday. Now, how come you want to do dance? So, you know, they, so they are, their hits, their intuitive hits are kind of curbed down. So they become people pleasers. They need right. approval a lot. So that's like the, the conditioning that a manifester has. That's, to that's my childhood on a plate right there. <laughs> totally, mine too, mine too. Chronic people pleaser here. <laughs> So the next we have are generators. Of course, I can probably talk about manifestors uh, for the whole hour because that's who I am. But let's move on to generators. And generators are about 37% of the population. So most of the people are generators. Um, We are probably either raised by a generator or we, um, our teachers, our bosses, our coaches have been generators or manifesting generators. And I'll tell you how that um, affects projectors and manifestors in a little bit. So generators, famous examples are Oprah, Celine Dion, and generators are here to be masters of their craft over time. Now, if you look at Oprah and Celine mm-hmm. Dion, they are really masters of their craft. They have, you know, um, like they've sought it, the precision. Like they have become such masters. And their job is to listen to their desires of their heart. Their job is to do work that lights them up. And their strategy is to wait to respond. So um, let me give an example. So let's say if, you know, if one of the audience members, anybody who's listening, you want, you get a creative hit of starting, um, let's say a health coaching business or a copywriting business. You, You should not initiate immediately like a manifester. You have to wait to respond. Now, what does that mean? So, you need to wait for something to happen in your environment to give you a sign that this hit that you just had, this urge that you just had is the right urge for you. So let's say if you, like in the example of if you're a health, if you want to do health coaching, like, okay, this sounds great, sit with it. 
I say, uh, I always say to my clients, you got an idea. Okay, go bake a fucking cake right now. Or, you know, go have sex or go, go for a walk or go for a swim. Do something and wait for the universe to give you signs. So in this case, let's say this person who just had an idea of starting a health coaching business goes out to f- uh, dinner with friends. And one of her friends says, oh my God, Sarah, I see you, you eat, um, you eat so healthy all the time. You're in great shape, even with kids. Um, you look so good. You look healthy. Please tell me how you do it. Can you teach me how you do, how you do it? That's a sign. That's a sign from the universe that, okay, this is something that you can follow. Mm. So they need to wait for a sign and then respond to their urges. Um, One of the things that generators have always been told that it's not right for them to follow their heart. Mm. So generators generally feel very guilty about following their desires. They feel like they have to fulfill everyone's desires, take care of everybody, but not their own. Now, generators, they have something called a sacral energy as well, Meke. So they can they can work. But because they can work, they think that they can work all the time. And they are really prone to burnout as well because they can really overdo it. Mm-hmm. But the only thing is, first of all, they need to only work on projects or things that lights them up. Like imagine if Oprah was she worked in a factory. Like just imagine. Or Celine Dion um, was a newsreader. Like I don't think that would be that would turn out very well for either. <laughs> so burnout, frustration, you know, all these are signs that a generator is not on his or her path. The next is manifesting generators, and they are usually a mix. They are not usually, they are a mix of manifestors and manifesting generators. Um, Angelina, Angelina Jolie is a manifesting generator. Uh, Bethany Frankel, I don't know if you've heard of her. She's a famous celebrity in the US. She's a manifesting generator. And they are also here to be masters of their craft. However, via shortcut. So if you look at a chart of a manifester, make and a generator, you'll see that the sacral of a manifester is empty. That, that portion, that little square is not colored in. That means they don't have that energy center available to them. However, if you look at a generator and a manifesting generator, their sacral is colored in. So they have that energy center. So manifestors, not only can they initiate, but they can also carry through. So they have that energy to to take them through. Their strategy is a little bit different than a generator because they have to follow both strategy, manifesting, (laughs) manifester, and and a generator. So they can initiate, yes, but they can't initiate all the way through. So when they get a sign, they get a hit from the universe, they need to wait and get a little bit of clarity by playing that situation out. So I always tell my MGs that play it out in your mind, go start Googling things or start talking to people about things. That's how you will get your clarity. So in the same example, um, of you know that woman's uh, wanting to be a health coach what she can probably do is start googling if there are any certifications available maybe book a call with a friend who is already a health coach start looking at website names so start playing out a little bit and then the universe will give you a sign so she might just you know uh, have a brochure in a house delivered which says oh starting next week there is a health coaching certification happening in your area And synchronicities like this always happen when you follow your design. 
So that's when they can go and initiate it, but they also need to inform their people around it because they have both. One of the things that MGs, uh, because they have a lot of energy, they are not linear people. They cannot go A, B, C, D. They go A, Z, T, I don't know, F, whatever, M, D, whatever. And so they kind of change, usually, especially my clients who are manifesting generators, um, I have I had a client who is a copywriter. She's an author. She's a photographer, but she's also a cook. Like she loves she loves to cook, and that's typically what you would see in a manifesting generator. That they they are really good at many things. However, what they've been told, especially in an online industry, is choose a niche. Choose oh, a niche. Gosh. You have to choose a niche. <laughs> you have to you have to be good at one thing. You can't do so. They feel very guilty. Mm-hmm. about doing several things and you know my son is a manifesting generator my younger one and I totally see like one day he'd be totally into Legos the other day he hates Legos like anything he would be into drawing and the next day he would be into kung fu like the next day so they need to and they're also very fast the energy is really fast so people try to catch up to them but they literally cannot <laughs> And then we have projectors who are 21% of the population and projectors are um, Barack Obama is a projector and Serena Williams is a projector and they are, they're here to guide us. They're here to tell us everybody move left or move life, right? You're not on the path. Projectors make really good coaches. I have a friend who's a coach and every time I'm stuck, I just call her and oh my God, she's such a good coach. She gets me to where I'm supposed to be. Their strategy is to be to wait to be invited. And that can sound like, what the fuck? Like, what does that mean? So I'm just going to give you an example. <laughs> so a projector, they because they are here to guide us, they have a lot of wisdom. They have a very natural, like, you know, I would say they're wisdom keepers of the, of the universe. And I always like to tell my projectors, think of yourself as a lighthouse. A lighthouse stands in its strength. It's huge. It's gigantic. It is beautiful. And it just shines its light around. It doesn't go to, like, it doesn't go to the couple on the beach and say, here's the light. Here's the light. Come here. It doesn't go call out to the ships. It just stands majestically and shines this light around. That's what a projector needs to be, needs to do. Like if you're in a party, like imagine a projector in one corner having a party, like being in their bliss, having a party of their own so that other people look at them and say, oh my God, I love her. She's so confident and she's so amazing in her own bliss. I want to invite her to my party. So when projectors do that, they it usually follows with an uh, either a physical invitation or an energetic invitation. What projectors cannot do is they can't initiate. When they initiate, they can they can feel very in uh, very invisible. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop over here, Mike. If you have any questions, maybe I'm going too fast. Oh no, I'm just thinking of like who is uh you know a uh, uh, generator manifesting generator and because my some of my favorite people in my life are also projectors. <laughs> so mm-hmm. That's why I'm like because I I found out um, my friend who I over the weekend he showed me his baby pictures and his wow. um he's so cute um and his mom put the the time and date of 
uh his his you know his birth like the exact time and I was like hmm and I was like have you ever heard of human design <laughs> and then when I searched it myself because I remember the it was 11 59 a.m right on mm-hmm. a certain date and I I put in his information and he turns out he's a projector and he's one of my favorite people in the world so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so yeah I'm just I'm just like thinking like oh yeah so and so the mg so and so the generator so and so the and right. obviously some of my favorite people are also manifestors <clears throat> wow like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, projectors feel like they have that they have it very hard but honestly when they recognize their brilliance when they rec- when they recognize their worth and their confidence mm-hmm. things can just move very very easily for them um they need to tap into that confidence and their bliss and their worthiness absolutely mm-hmm. um so you know it can sound like i need to wait to be invited but all you need to do is you just need to be confident and totally enjoy yourself so i always tell my projectors do something that lights you up do something that really really enjoys you enjoy um another thing about projectors is that uh, they also don't have a sacral energy so they can get very tired a projector should actually not work for more than 3 to 4 hours and because they see manifesting generators and generators around them they think that they have to work really hard and mm-hmm. that's when you know things start getting very difficult for them yeah my friend's an artist and he just told me that he gets burnt out quite often because yeah. he's mm-hmm. trying to follow the flow and the muse and doesn't yeah. want to let it go because he's like oh i should finish this right yes. but he's he's an incredible artist but yeah Yeah. Oh. Yeah, my tip for manifestors and projectors whenever you have that urge and I get it too. I just had it on yeah. Friday. I just need to finish it. I just need to finish yeah. it. As soon as you get that that's your cue that you actually need to take a break. Because if you don't, mm. then you're going to lose that muse. You're going to lose that in uh, creativity. Right. And once if it's gone, if you've reached that stage where you're totally like drained out, it can take some time to get come back. Yeah, I think I'm going through it right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going through my 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 social hangover or or whatever. <laughs> my work hangover. It totally. Happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the last one, which is the mm. reflectors and they are very rare. They are about 1%, even less yes. than 1% of the population. I know just one in my life. <laughs> yes. Oh, you do? Yes, I do. Yeah. I know one too. And the only famous person that I know is Sandra Bullock, and mm. reflectors are actually mirrors. If you see their chart, it's completely empty. they mirror the health of the community interesting so um you know when, when the pandemic happened and new a couple of reflectors um initially they were having a very very hard time dealing with everything because there was so much you know fear around us so they were really mirroring the collective and symbiosis of life right we need reflectors in our life to to mirror the health of the community what are we doing are we are we on the right track which of course we are not right now in the world and our reflectors we need to pay attention to what our reflectors are doing and what are they feeling mm-hmm. especially what are they feeling that's how we know if we are doing the right thing or not um their strategy is a little bit different make it they are the only lunar beings which means they have to wait for 28 days to make a decision which can be like what is that 12 yeah what yes 28 yeah exactly so but it's very easy actually first of all they're mirrors so they can mirror anyone else's strategy and that's mm. if we're talking about business they can actually mirror if they are with a bit mg they can mirror their strategy and in order to make a decision i love i actually advises to everybody but especially my reflectors i tell them to 
chart their lunar cycle, how they are feeling every day. Do it for three to four months. By the fourth month, you would have have a pattern. And then you can just, you know, refer back to that and say, oh, day 11, this is how I feel. So I should do this more on day 11 every month. This is when I'm, when I'm very, I have a really good clarity level. This is when I should make major decisions like signing a contract or starting a program or something like that. So I would, I do it. I chart my cycle every month. Um, but I like for reflectors, it is absolutely necessary that they do that. Oh gosh, I feel like this is this this whole episode can we can just talk about all the types, and I just want to make sure that uh, we do cover like what that actually means or what it looks like because you have quite a few clients in um, each of the types from what it sounds mm-hmm. like. Um, could you share some examples of what it's like for like a before and after? Like, say if you had a a projector um, as mm-hmm. a client, what was it like for her before? versus Mm -hmm. after when she started honoring her human design and what kind of business model did that mean? What changes did she make? Um, Yes. Did you share something like that? Oh, absolutely. And I love that you started with a projector. So um, I had a client, um, a projector client, and um, she was struggling with uh, getting consistent clients. She was struggling with, um, you know, um, being out there, being visible. Um, She was also struggling with social media. When she would put something out there, it would feel like nobody was seeing it, liking it, nobody was paying attention. And I love, like, this is what I do with my, with my clients. I, we make 1% shifts. That's what we do. We make tiny 1% shifts that leads to outsized results. And the shift that we did with her was this little tweak in her confidence and in her worthiness levels, right? So we went really deep. We did some EFT, we did some affirmations, some money mindset exercises. But once she tapped into that, once that got locked in, that of course I am so good. I am worthy. It was as if like it was raining money on her. Like she would make $14,000 in 24 hours. She was fully booked out. She was launching a program, paid back her, you know, not all of her debt, but she was beginning to pay back. One of the months she paid back $10,000 of her wow. debt, which is a big, big amount. Uh, she hired a virtual assistant. So when she tapped into her confidence, she showed up as that, not like a fake confidence and I'm just going to show up and, you know, fake it. But internally, when she tapped into, yes, I am worthy. Yes, I'm confident. That's when things started shifting. And again, I want to say that it sounds very, you know, oh, really? That's just what happened. But yes, because if you see for a projector, that's all they have to do. They have to be a lighthouse. Once they are a lighthouse, invitations start flowing to them. So I also have um, a peer and she did the same thing. She like, you know, she keeps going back from, you know, not being confident to being confident. And that happens to all of us, of course. But she noticed when she learned about human design that when she was totally confident, she would just start getting referrals just like that, getting invited on podcasts. Of course, like for... um, I had a client who was a reflector, Meke, and remember we were talking about the the lunar cycle. That's what mm-hmm. we did with her. So we charted her lunar cycle and we really found out, we looked at her chart and this is something very important. Like we are talking just basic types. 
everybody has a different chart. So if you're interested, go get a reading. I don't do readings, but you can go, should go get a reading with someone to identify what are your strengths? Like what are the things that you can really zero down on your chart? And for this client of mine, she was a, she was great at networking. That was in her chart. So we built her entire business model around networking. And it just bloomed. Like she closed a $50,000, um, you know, month. She, uh, next month, she closed an $18,000 client. So things, and I'm giving monetary results so that people can understand. And not, this was not with hustling. This is just easy. Like once you like fit that puzzle in, it becomes super easy. Mm, yes. Do you know what? I, like last year, it, it was, Yes, definitely last year, I'd say in the summer when I first found out my human design as a manifester and then I got a reading from it. And then ever since then, I kid you not, I feel like I feel like I understood my whole life through this lens of a manifester. Mm-hmm. Right. So like earlier, like, well, well, we were joking, but it was true. The fact that um, being told lazy, uh, we, that we were lazy when we were growing up or that we're change our mind a lot because I definitely change my mind a lot (laughs) (laughs) right so it it can be perceived as flaky and that oh you're procrastinating and yeah you know probably it is to a degree but it's always because I've been willing to just try things and be okay with not following it through and Mm. so for example I, I have multiple books that I read at a time mm-hmm. and um, I, I'm literally like thinking of crafting a social media post the fact that um, I, I wait like I, I wait until I feel so present because I have quite a lot of dms that I need to respond to on Instagram however I'm actively choosing to unsubscribe from this urgency culture right mm-hmm. that like to respond to things straight away because if I do it when I feel obligated to or when I'm really tired then the, me- the message just really isn't going to land for the other person even if I say all the right things it's not going to be sent with the right intention so I'm like I'm I feel like I'm just like waiting until I mm-hmm. ah and when I get that hit it's like okay now <laughs> you know and I think what's really what's really lovely that when I had my reading it dawned on me oh my god this is just like yourself mm-hmm. the podcast our podcast was one of those downloads like you got yours for your meditation as, yeah. as far as I remember mm-hmm. and the quiet rebels I'm literally on like I don't know it's it's almost like being a manifester is for me is just like okay think as if there is no box and that's mm-hmm. one of the core messages of being a quiet rebel is like there's a status quo yes it exists if it doesn't work for you be curious as to why that is Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, everybody can find their own path if they want to. They can draw inspiration from it, um, you know, from the original quote unquote wheel or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I realize now that, ah, oh, this is why I made the Quiet Rebels podcast. It's also mm-hmm. why I founded the Sustainable Visibility Movement. Mm-hmm. They are all extensions of my manifesto energy. And I didn't know that until I had my reading and I just started to like everything starts to click into place. Yeah. So I highly recommend that anyone who's interested um, to have a reading just to see what can come up for you. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, like for yourself, like at the manifesto, what what would you say was the biggest change for you when you figured out who you were? Oh yeah. my God, I just felt so seen, so understood and my entire mm-hmm. life started making sense. Yes, right? And it, so here's where, why your human design can help you in your business. Um, 
right now, so many people, they run their business based on what we see other people do, right? So you see your coach do something and then you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. Uh, But we are intuitively guided towards our human design. Like you said, you know, you didn't even know about your human design, but, you know, Quiet Rebel was an extension of that. Your program was an extension of that. And you would, you can go back to your childhood and you will see, oh yes, that was a hit I got. That's why I did it, mm-hmm. right? I Let's say I moved to Japan in that year and, you know, I did it because I got a hit. Or in my case, like with my husband, it was like the moment I saw him, I was like, yeah, he's going to be my husband. We didn't date for the next six years. Um, but the moment I saw him, I got this hit that, yeah, like I know this guy is like we are he and I are going to get married like this time. Let's go date other people. Let's do our career thing. And then we're going to come back. And I'm just kidding by the way on all that. But you know, <laughs> I, I knew, I knew, but I didn't know that I knew till I got married. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so it's in hindsight, you feel like, oh yes, I got that hit. I got that feeling. This is what it feels like. So in mm-hmm. business, you, if what we're doing right now is we're trying to, uh, for the lack of a better word, just copy other people's strategies and, you know, seeing that, okay, this person has this offer. Let's just copy that and see mm. if it works for you. It can, or it can totally flop because it might not be your design. Mm. Again, going back to the core of who you are. So you have to overlay your business to who you are. So rather than, you know, becoming an expert in other things, first become an expert in your feelings, how you like things and what your strategy is. And human design is a really good way to to explain that. Yeah, I, I love what you said, a, a couple of things. It's like one is um, when you honor your human design, how you apply yourself to other strategies. Whereas if we don't know like who we are very well, then we try to force these strategies onto ourselves. It's like trying to think like, oh, why isn't this working for me? And then it's like, mm-hmm. there's so many factors as to why that may be. Human design is one of them, but also like, do you have the same resources as the person who is saying that they have these results? And it's probably not going to be exactly the same. It's going to be very unlikely that it'd be exactly the same. Oh, so really? it is that. And um, you, you mentioned that it's also like a, a GPS and um, I, I've used um, a very similar analogy that um, when you know your human design instead of reading a predetermined map you you're you're becoming more and more fluent in reading the compass that's guiding you mm-hmm. so you can like there's so many different ways to get to one destination the map has one version a proven mm-hmm. version that someone has done before however mm-hmm. say if like you were going up a mountain and you know your goal is to get to the peak but what if there's a landslide and then suddenly that pathway, that proven pathway that's on this map is irrelevant now. And it's like, okay, we can either go back down and not get to the peak. But if you want to get to that peak, we're going to have to try and experiment with this terrain and see, okay, this is climbable. This part is not, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And I just feel that this um, knowing our human design can be a way that we can become more fluent in and mm-hmm. becoming an expert in ourselves, as you say. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. So Okay, so there is this existential question that I'd love to ask you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, um, you know, what I love about human design is the fact that unlike some personality tests, many personality tests, it's not biased because like when we fill out a personality test, mm-hmm. when we're asked to do a scale of like, oh, I strongly disagree or strongly agree. And it's going to change every day <laughs> based totally. on how you're feeling. So totally. at least with 
at least with human design is actually based on your birth information that cannot change so that's what I love about it I'm curious to hear from you because I've been I always think about this that the all of these like ways that we can measure our personality or just to help us understand ourselves um, like horoscopes I, I was looking at my horoscope and my Chinese zodiac yesterday for mm-hmm. example and there's only so much that can apply to us before it becomes like a confirmation bias in a way. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to hear from you. Mm-hmm. How do you find that balance for yourself when mm-hmm. you're honoring your human design, but also honoring your indiv- individuality as a human that's completely unique based on your own um, nurture that mm-hmm. is different from every, everybody else? Yeah. First of all, that is such a great question. Making nobody I think has ever asked me this question. And here's what I'll say. So you're totally right. You know, other personality tests can be biased because you are responding them and based on how you feel, the results can be skewed. You don't get to argue your human design results. And everybody, including me, when they first find out the human design, and it depends who you're getting a reading with, um, there's a sense of no, that's not me. That that mm-hmm. can't be. Because we are so conditioned to, um, you know, run our life or live our life in a different way of how we've been told. So the answer to this question is probably going to be a little bit gray and not black and white. Because <laughs> just as we've established that human design is telling you who you are at the core. So how can you end <laughs> at the human True. design? Right. <laughs> it is literally telling you who you are at the core. However, there's a really good point here. You said that. What makes us is not just our human design, but mm-hmm. also our culture, the nurture, right? So you have to keep those things in mind as well, that the culture plays a really, really important role um, in, you know, your human design. So uh, I'm, I'm struggling right now to give an example for this, but, you know, my, I'm, I'm Indian and my, my our culture is so different than the American culture, mm-hmm. right? So there are a few things that I've acclimatized to the American culture because I've lived here for so long, but there's a few things that are going to be hardcore Indian, like my Bollywood dance and my, and my Indian food. I'm never going to leave that. Um, and that's where that, like, you know, to give an example, that's where my you know, being an American permanent um, resident ends and being my culture begins that, Mm. yes, I can, um, you know, I can adapt to the American culture. But when there's a Bollywood song playing, you bet your ass, I'm going to be dancing. (laughs) Right, I'm going to be pulling out moves. And yes, I'm going to be eating spicy food. So in a similar way, your human design will tell you who you are at your core. And but you also have your culture. I would say to your audience, if you're like, I don't know, I don't get it. I say this for everything. And you probably heard me say this at the retreat as well. Trust your body. Your body Mm. never lies. Mm. So even when I lived in India, Meke, um, there were so many things that were happening around us that like I just couldn't get around. Like it just did not make, like I knew that I just wanted to get out of there and get out of that, those cultural, you know, really things that were holding us back. Um, Your body knows, your body knows what is right and what is wrong. So, you know, that's your GPS, that's your compass, go back to your body and see, okay, my human design is telling me this, but my conditioning is telling me this, what is the right thing here? Ask your body. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I I think resonance 
in our bodies is the biggest sign that we could ever get for what's true for us and being okay with the fact that our truth is going to be different from other people. And the hardest part is when it differs from the people who we seek approval from or who we who we want to connect with or who we want to maintain relationships with. And it's, it gets really difficult, um, mm-hmm. especially when it opposes someone who you really care about. And you're like, oh, do I sacrifice? Do, do I still stay true to myself, even if it might, might cause a bit of shakiness mm-hmm. or like a full on argument or something? And like, that's when like we can often suppress ourselves because yeah. like we don't want to cause a ruckus, right? Totally. And that's that's the deconditioning, right? Like, for example, mm-hmm. you and I, we are we are people pleasers. We, we, have, we have all our life relied on approval of other people. So obviously, when we are in a situation where our body is like, I want to do this, but I want approval. Uh, but I'll tell you, like, if you were to follow your human design and as a manifester, like if you're supposed to initiate, what does a manifester do? Initiate. It doesn't wait for approval from anyone. It doesn't need to please anybody. It just needs to initiate. When you do that, that's when your soul is going to be happy, right? Mm-hmm. That's when you're living a life which is totally true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's work. That's why it's called the experiment. It is work. <laughs> it's not easy <laughs> it is it is it, I just feel that um it's kind of like the new kid on the playground for your soul and it's it's the leader of of the yeah. playground but everyone thinks it's a new kid and mm-hmm. it feels like it needs to make friends with all the other the quote-unquote things on the playground like our culture our upbringing our um our, our class even our our race there, there are so many things that I feel that our human design needs to make friends with to create that mm-hmm. harmony that mm-hmm. harmonious feeling where as you said like where our soul is happy and when yeah. our souls are happy when we're doing the things that we do we really activate the people that we're quote-unquote mm-hmm. meant to be mm-hmm. and have to show up in this world mm-hmm. absolutely Oh, Dishika, I feel like I could talk to you like all day. <laughs> me too, me too. And I, I have no doubt there will be um, a part two, even if it's not like directly um, from this. To be honest, I think we could just have a whole episode of what is like behind the scenes to implement our human design. Yes. And especially because we're both manifested, it would be like just like like a gal pal chat. And <laughs> <laughs> um, for those who would... Um, just really the, the taking this in probably for the first time or the first time that they've heard it this way. So I'm curious to hear from you. What would be the one thing you would recommend um, anyone who's listening to this point um, to even start honoring the human design in their lives and businesses? Yes. So the first thing I would say is go find out what your human design is and yes. um, read up a little bit. There's a lot of great people doing great work on human design on Instagram. You'll find a lot of information and start start living your life. And when I say living your life, people are like, oh, my God, I have to change everything. No, you don't have to change everything. Just start taking a few steps on your strategy. So, for example, I said for manifester is to initiate for generator. It is to wait to respond. Start just going down a few steps down that lane and see how you feel. My guess is when you start discovering more about yourself, this is a self-exploration journey. This is not a self-development journey. We are not asking you to become someone else. You are already whole, you're good enough, you're complete. What you need to do is you need to peel the layers of all that conditioning on us and find out what is that, what is that inside of you the inner being of you wants and desires and how does she or he work 
right? So you need to find out what is it that that literally clicks for you. That's the only one that I can I can say. So go find out um, what your human design is. Read up a little bit on your human design. Reach out to me on Instagram if you have any questions and and start living it. Just start experimenting with it. And when I say this to people, most of the people go out there and and they really find resonance in it. They're like, oh my God, I, and all of us, Mickey, I can say this with absolute confidence. We have done this. We've been doing this because intuitively we've been guided to live our life this way. So mm-hmm. it's not that you have to learn something new. It's just that you have to remember how you were always meant to be. Did that make sense or I just totally oh, confused you? Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> well, I can't speak for everybody, but um, there's, there's, in my opinion, I don't think there's meant to be one definite answer. For, so for everybody who's listening, my, my lovelies, I just as I always I say this all the time whether it's to my clients or to my my beautiful people on Instagram I always say take what resonates just leave what doesn't because Mm -hmm. as we both agreed resonance is going to be your biggest sign that something is landing for you Mm -hmm. so um so it's all good it doesn't need to be and so Zishika for those who have fallen in love with you because who wouldn't if I'm like being completely honest here seriously um where can our lovely quiet rebels go to ethically stalk you after after this interview and to connect with you so you mentioned instagram so what's your handle what's your website where where are all the things all the places that we can find totally so definitely find me on instagram it's deep shika sairam and once you are there you can totally stalk me on my content or on the links and you will find everything you can join me inside my facebook group it's called uh, create a rich lady life and business and there are two more places that I would love for you to check out. So I have a podcast. It's called How to Woman Back the System, Live Your Truth. And on that podcast, we talk about how to woman, how mm-hmm. to buck the patriarchal system. So I bring on guests and they share their stories of how they have bucked the system. Um, and this season, um, we are talking to how to women in business. So I have business, um, I have business women who are coming in. We're talking about each topic every every week, and it's very interesting. So check that out. Um, and the other thing that I just started making is I started a deep end project. Yes, I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, like my uh, my manifesto initiation. I would love for your um, listeners to check out. And I am really going deep into full expressive writing every day for the next 120 days. And it's really resonating with people. It's on my website. Um, I can, you know, you can link it up in the show notes. Yeah. Um, uh, but if you are if you follow me on social media, you can't miss it because that's all I'm talking about. These days. <laughs> um, so you know, uh, th- this was one way for me to not only just initiate something that I really wanted to do, but also to activate the people around me to help them express themselves fully mm. uh, in their business and their life. And I can see that a lot of people are joining in. They are doing their own 120 days. They are doing their own deep end projects. So it's it's very exciting. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I think I caught the first one like the other day. So um, yeah, I'm going to make sure to link up to your Instagram, Facebook group, podcast, which I absolutely love. Like, seriously, 
Oh, my, my, my favorite one is still the art of allowing that's such a good episode mm-hmm. <laughs> um and the the end project so make sure to link all of that in the show notes and my lovelies all you need to go do is go to the link in the show notes and then that'll take you back to my website and you'll find all the links where you can connect with Deepika and so my lovely I do have two final questions for you are you ready yes yes I am okay so <laughs> number one is what makes you a quiet rebel Hmm. Again, great questions. You ask great questions, Mickey. So <laughs> I think um, it's interesting. Um, what makes me a quiet rebel is that um, being a loud rebel wasn't a choice that was given to me. I was mm. born a girl in a culture where girls were not celebrated. Uh, when they were born, they were mourned. When I was born, they I was mourned. So um being a rebel was a loud rebel was not something that I had the choice to do. So I had to become the quiet rebel. Mm. However, I can be, I can be quite the loud rebel as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I have seen that as a manifester, my purpose and my mission is to trailblaze path for other people and yes I can do that quietly but sometimes I do have to use my voice and sometimes Mm -hmm. I do have to be that loud rebel so I would actually say that I'm a combination of both Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm the quiet rebel and sometimes I could be quite loud if you ask my husband (laughs) (laughs) yes Honestly, um, when, when when I ask this question, um, I have a couple of guests who are like, oh, I'm kind of a, quiet, a loud rebel. Do I still belong in this podcast? I'm like, yes, absolutely. Because quiet rebels, you know, they don't just rebel for the sake of it. They re- rebel They rebel with purpose. And mm-hmm. some of us are louder than others. And that's, you know, that's them, right? And my, my biggest message that I had when I started this podcast back in 2019 was, the fact that you don't have to be the loudest in the room in order to be heard. So you can be loud. You don't have to strive to be the loudest or have the mic at all times or to have the spotlight constantly on you. Is is literally like you have a voice and mm-hmm. you can be quiet with it. People will still hear you. You can be loud with it. People will still hear you. And yeah. so I love that you, I know the way that you rebel is with absolute purpose and intention. So yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing so thank you for sharing that and my final question to you is a little fun thing that I like to do mm-hmm. so for my lovely quiet rebel to have listened consistently to the podcast you know what's going to happen next but just in case you this is your first time here it's your first episode you're listening to and you picked a pretty damn good one to start with <laughs> when you hear the sound it means it's time for a fact of the day. So Deepshika, you are in our guest seat today. So mm-hmm. I would love to ask you, what is one weird fact or a fun story about you that no one really knows on the internet? <laughs> <sighs> this is a hard question for me because I am um, such an open book <laughs> on the internet. Um. Let me think about it. I think all my fun stories people people probably know. What well, can I can I share the story of my name? Like how my name is? Yeah, myself? sure. Yeah. I was curious that. about that. When you said that, I was like, huh? You named yourself? Tell me, tell me. Yes, tell us. <laughs> okay, so I wouldn't say 
people don't know about this because I do talk about it, but maybe people who are new to me wouldn't know straight away that I actually named myself. I'm pretty much the only person I know who named herself. Mm-hmm. And um, what happened was I was a second, second born and I had a nickname. They all used to call me Minnie at home because I was the youngest child in the, in the family. And uh, when I was, um, I think, three years old, my mom took me to the local preschool because I really wanted to go to school. And she was filling the admission forms. And strangely, Mickey, I still remember this day so clearly in my mind. I remember the, the principal's um, you know, face. I remember her, her makeup. I remember the clothes she was wearing. I remember everything. And she said, okay, I need to fill her name. What's her name? And my mom was very confused because in India, there's something called an official name, which Mm -hmm. is on your passport and all the official documents, there's something called a nickname. And you're not actually, you're not supposed to give up. You you don't have to give a name at birth. Like in the US, you have to have a name at birth. Like they won't let you leave the hospital if you don't have, you haven't named your child. In India, there's a little bit of a traditional ceremony where the priests come, there's a ceremony and the priests give you the first letter of the name. And that's when you name the child. And my parents were not really that orthodox. So they, they just I guess, forgot to name me for about two and a half, three years of years of my life. <laughs> and so my mom was very confused. She was like, I don't think that I want Minnie to be her official name, but we haven't got to naming her yet. We don't know. And I just looked at my mom and I said, my name is Deepshika. And she looked really baffled. I still remember her. Life. She's like, what? Like, whoa, whoa, what the hell? What happened? <laughs> and the principal smiled and she said, there it is. That's her name. And to this date, I don't know where I heard that name. It's a, it's beginning to, it's becoming a common name in India now, but it was not a common, like there was no deep shika in my school mm. at all, like the whole school, like 500, 600 people. Um, I don't know any deep shika uh, as well. Um, it was a very uncommon name. I don't know where it came from. I don't know how I named myself. I just know that I did and it fits because it means flame and I am here to blaze trails. <laughs> Wow, that is <laughs> such an amazing story. And it's the first I've ever heard it. So, you know, it's it's not that commonly known on the internet. So that would awesome. be, <laughs> be amazing. And I, I it's just, like, I'm not just saying this for the sake of it, because I never, I never say or do anything just for the sake of it. But you have a really beautiful name. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So oh, that's such a beautiful story. What, what an amazing way to end, just kind of like knowing not knowing why, but like there is something that tells you what you're meant to be, who you're meant to be, and in your case, what you're meant to be called. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> well, Dichika, it's been a beautiful conversation. So thank you so much for coming onto the Quiet Rebels podcast with us today. And for everybody who would love to um, stay connected with you. So I'm going to pop all of your links into the show notes. But yeah, is there any final words of wisdom that we can leave it at is? But is there any final thing that you'd like to say before we start to wrap up well just thank you so much for having me make I just had a blast uh, you're such a great interviewer <laughs> I just love having this conversation with you and we talk so often so anytime talking to you is a good time <laughs> well the feeling is absolutely mutual so thank you so much and I'm sure that we will hear and see you again on this podcast in the future yeah. so thank you 
and so my lovely there we have it so everything that we mentioned in today's interview will be popped into the show notes so be sure to head for that link and if you haven't done so already i would so love it if you could subscribe to this podcast because that way you don't miss a single episode and another conscious conversation and of course if you feel cool too i would so appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review because that really helps other quiet ripples find us Oh my goodness. Okay, another great episode. And so I will be back, same place, same time next week for another episode of the Choir Rebels podcast. So until then, my lovely, do take care and bye for now.